from Des Moines, because something had to be. It's the podcast where the best stuff that we want to talk about will get us fired and ostracized from society. It's Talking Paragraph. I'm your host, former journalist, and hopefully future teacher, if I ever get my homework done, Daniel Finney. With us on the line, as always, is the Sultan of Spreadsheet, the man from Mount City, Mound City, Bluff City. I'll never get it right. Memphis, Paul. How you doing, buddy? We have Tinsel Mound, which is a historic Native American archaeological site nearby. Well, there are there are mounds and bluffs nearby. I'll give the listener examples of what I was talking about in the intro. Like we were just having fairly fruitful and, and mildly amusing conversation about pop. And Paul, who is a Southerner, and as such a proud devotee of the Atlanta-based Coca-Cola products. You like a good Coke? Uh, how do you feel about a cherry Coke? About the same? Uh, I, I'm not philosophically opposed to them. Uh, um, I, I don't what like about? cherry Coke that comes in a can. There was probably prefer- a time when there was like soda jerks or Walgreens, you know, where you'd have Coke and you'd have syrup. Yeah, the grenadine. And uh, those were probably better, you know. They were. Like they were. Well, let's let's have this cherry coke, and then it'll harken back to this former time when you had uh, soda fountains. Well, they're not as good. Uh, so they, I, I don't they, I don't blame I don't blame the original product for this ripoff. Uh, they aren't as good. They aren't so, as good. Um, when I w- worked in Indianola at the beginning of my career at the weekly newspaper that's been destroyed by greedy corporate hustlers, when I worked there, the office that we were in was in an old bank building, and half the building was literally the old bank. Like We kept our archives, our bound volumes mm-hmm. in the vault the vault had been drilled out so you couldn't get trapped in there anymore but the across the street from us was a place called the corner sundry which i think is still in business under different ownership but across the street was the corner sundry and they were an ice cream and soda fountain shop so many times a day i would walk across the street and get a fountain cherry coke yeah and this was before all of the no smoking indoors laws in public places that mm-hmm. kind of swept the nation in the late 90s so there were a lot of veterans who lived in a home not too far from a corner sundry who would go in there and they would smoke and drink but smoke heavily 
like yeah. 1950s style smoking. So you would get your fountain cherry Coke with the styrofoam cups that they served them in. Had the, the smoke had soaked into the styrofoam. So you, the, the Coke was delicious, but the, you would get like a, the, it was like you had been in a car with someone who had been smoking because the uh, because of that uh, that smell would get in with the with the the beverage i missed that place i ate a lot of, I, I probably gained like 20 pounds right after college starting there and going in the cuz you know they had banana splits and uh, it was great yeah. I, I i missed that place um the owner was a guy named harry who you absolutely expected like he he was right out of like Mayberry like you just expected a guy like Harry to run a place like the Corner Sundry so uh, you're right cherry cokes are not as good as a fountain cherry coke but this is something I discovered in high school as belching sodas go sodas that make you belch I would say the cherry coke is in the top five it's it's right in there with like a root beer you know it'll you can really get some deep uh gruntial belches out of uh, a cherry a can of cherry coke i know this because my friend ken and i would grab we were neither one of us were particularly talented athletes and so one year we both got cut from the basketball team but the coach kept us on as team managers and we would do junk do our you know chores for for the the game for the practice or whatever but there was a lot of time where there was nothing for us to do so we would go up to the small gym that was upstairs and just play one-on-one. We'd play 21 and then we'd get ourselves a, a, ch- a cherry Cokes from the Coke machine when those were still allowed in schools. They're not allowed in schools anymore because sugar oh, beverages, yeah, sugar beverages com- com- c- uh, contribute to obesity. So we took them away. Uh, so the kids are having to sneak them in like, you know, meth or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what kid, I guess the kids just drink water all day and they're super healthy and they're going to live forever. But, uh, you know, in, in our day, you could just have a Coke or a Mountain Dew or a Snickers bar. Uh, it was, wasn't a big deal. Anyway, we got, and we would sit there, then we'd go back to practice for whatever thing we had to do next. And if we were sitting there waiting for that to happen, sit there and try to see who could out belch each other, because that's uh, what high school boys do, I guess. Anyway, Paul was saying that he, of course, doesn't like Pepsi, even though it's from the South too, from North Carolina. But he doesn't mind Pepsi where they do their best to take the Pepsi flavor out of Pepsi. Like you had a, a pomegranate Pepsi or something. What was it? 
pomegranate. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> pomegranate. That was mango. It was mango. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You've lost interest in this topic because we talked about it earlier. Uh, mango and cherry. Mango and cherry. Okay. Well, once they get to the pomegranate, that's when you hit the promised land. Pomegranate Pepsi. Ah. Uh, I'm buying. Yeah, I'm buying these fruit flavored Pepsi's. Just, just hoping they make it to pomegranate. <laughs> <clears throat> In today's show, we have global news from a country I can't pronounce, business news, breaking up is fashionable to do, entertainment news, comic books we read and liked, and movies that I watched without leaving the house, and Matthew Perry is stalking Paul at the gym. And we have what now? Matthew Perry was stalking you at the gym. Oh, he was. I have, yeah, I have written down yeah. here. Um, and in sports, we have our college football update, and Scott Boris is saying that the Braves didn't deserve to win their championship. I can only assume yeah. that's because they didn't have enough of his clients on their payroll or what let's we'll just start with sports because that's easiest the the Braves did have the fewest regular season win of a World Series winner I think that was the statistical owner well they were they were under 500 at the all-star break under 500 entering August I think but they had made a bunch of trades, rebuilt their outfield, and won the East, and then won the World Series, winning each round of the playoffs. Look, baseball isn't the way it used to be, where there were two leagues, American and national. The winner of the two leagues was decided by who had the best record, and then those two teams played in the World Series. It hasn't been like that since 1969. So then they went to the, the divisional playoff in 69. They went to the wild, the first wild card iteration in 1995. And we're now on year two or three of a new wild card iteration that has a play-in game. I'm not a big fan of playing games and all of that nonsense. I think, I think if you're if you're saying the Braves shouldn't have won the World Series because they shouldn't have been in because of their win total, I would say that that's a structural problem and not a Braves problem. You know, you could reseed the playoff where because the Dodgers and the Giants had the best records in baseball. They were both 100-win teams. And in fact, I think a third 100-win team in the NL West got left out. All you need to do is just reseed the playoffs. Like, that's great. You won the East. That's meaningless other than you're in the playoffs. And you're going to have to face the team. You're going to have to face a longer road because you had 80 wins as opposed to 
um, you know, the Dodgers and the Giants. Like the idea, ideally, the Dodgers and Giants would have played for the pennant because they were the two best regular season teams. However, when you decide to have playoff with more than just division winners with or more than just league winners, which they did, you know, decades and decades ago, once you decide to do that, then the possibility of a team that just gets hot at the right time or whatever, upsetting the teams that had better records and were more consistent increases. So the more teams you add to the playoff, the more chances there are that good teams exit early. That's not a Braves problem. It's not, it's not their fault. They just happen to be hot and they, they played really well throughout the playoffs. So I don't know what Boris's problem is other than maybe they don't have enough of his clients on their payroll. I'm sure he has plenty of the Dodgers and maybe a few of the Giants on his payroll, but you know, the Braves are your guys, Paul. What's what's what are your thoughts? Um, the uh, the salaries that you can pay to a drafted player has been capped, so it's more. Uh, uh, attractive to trade established players for draft picks uh, at the deadline uh, or trade for prospects maybe somehow uh, it just didn't seem fair to Scott that uh, they were able to trade for all these players and improve their team Somehow that had something to do with the structure of uh, how the salaries have been distributed. Uh, I think he would have been happier if the Red Sox or some the Yankees had, had won, because then his his expensive players uh, would have been like, "Hey, look, uh, if you want to win, you need to." pay a bunch of money. Uh, I'll, I'll get a percentage of that. It did That's seem something. like the players the Braves traded for were on pretty good salaries. Uh, they had just kind of been traded away and the, the salaries were kind of the responsibility of the people that traded them. And they got, you know, prospects for it. So they got something in return. Uh, but they were still getting paid and the agent was getting paid. So uh, uh, anyway, screw you, Scott Morris. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the summary of uh, the flag, you know, then it's fly forever and, and you're an asshole. So, yeah. That's, that's my scholarly retort to you. <laughs> Allow me to retort. College football it was a mixed bag weekend here in Iowa. Uh, Iowa beat Minnesota for my favorite trophy in all of the petty, meaningless rivalries that Iowa has. The Rosedale. Floyd Rosedale. Yeah, that's that's my favorite one. 
there are so many of these things throughout college football and the attention that's gotten paid to them in recent years has led me to have more of a distaste for these things, even though they're long held traditions. But the idea that one time, the idea that governors of states were once so fun loving that they would say, Hey, I'll bet a whole pig on our guys beating your guys. That they that there was a time when a politician could be that amusing. Like if like if the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, who doesn't strike me as a super fun person, but if she were to say to the governor of Minnesota, who I don't know who that is, but to say, hey, uh, I'll bet I'll bet a whole hog that our guys beat your guys, yeah. and like the animal protest people would be out there. The environmental people would be out there, uh, all of that stuff. Like they've long since replaced the actual pig with a like bronze butter sculpture trophy. Yeah, butter sculpture of a pig. I don't, well, there are people who hate butter too. There's uh, yeah. a certain class of vegans that believe that the dairy industry is is causes nothing but pain and they're particularly worried about bulls in the dairy industry because they don't of course have they're not making milk or or butter or whatever so they're not treated as well anyway i i don't care about any of that other than the floyd of rosedale is the trophy that i think is has a good story a very Iowa Midwest story. And I, I like the idea of it. Most of these I don't care about. So I don't care about Iowa in general, in terms of whether they win or lose. I will say that this year in Iowa, we've had both of our football teams so highly overrated that it's absurd that Iowa was once the number two team in the country. And uh, Iowa state was once the number eight team in the country uh, in certain polls iowa state uh lost yesterday so to texas tech so they now have four losses they 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 played okay they lost on a 62 64 i don't know some absurdly long football uh, uh field goal as time expired but and that's a college field goal. So, you know, whatever happens, happens. I, I, I always sort of root for Iowa State to be better just because I need them to be better than Kansas uh, in football, and that's just about it uh, for me. So, but for you, uh, an OU fan, Yesterday was, I think, I, I would assume kind of a relief. Like, you want the team to win, but once they lose, then you can just enjoy the, the rest of the game. And, oh, you did uh, lose yesterday. Yeah. There's a, there's a release of stress when it's like, well, these 
games are meaningless because you're, you're out of it. Uh, right. That's true. Um, this this team uh, has been very average. Uh, probably probably the best team in college football history to, to win all its games, but not actually be very good. And that that streak doesn't you know doesn't go on for very long uh, until you pay the piper and actually lose. Uh, because you you actually need to be a good team to win games. Uh, unless you're the Braves, according to about Forrest, but uh, yeah, bastard. sometimes sometimes you lose, and um, it's like, well, we'll play some freshmen, or uh, you know, we're we're gonna go away from someone that was the starter. I remember Texas, uh, they. Had uh, kind of a lackluster start of the season. They lost to Oklahoma, and then they they switched their running back, and like uh, the, the rest of the year they they played really well. It's like it was it was enough to kind of change their attitude of what they were doing. Help uh, throw a switch. Uh, in the mentality of the team. Well, uh, which I hope happens. Uh, hope something changes because uh, the team has kind of been uh, wishy-washy all season. Uh, Here is what I say about OU is that I like them to be in the mix because for some reason they are not getting they they don't get the automatic high respect that like Notre Dame is always grossly overrated every year every year and i think that's just like sports writers who vote in these polls think it's 1952 uh I, I don't. They think they're going to win one for the Gipper or whatever. Um, and so I think for some reason Oklahoma, which is just as much history since the '50s as, or well, back to the '40s as any team in football, but they haven't won a championship in 22 years. Then. I don't know why they don't get into the mix the way Notre Dame does uh, or other teams that are highly overrated. Uh, So uh, I like them to do well because for one of the top five jobs in college football, it never seems to be, it never seems to me that Oklahoma is respected. It could be that they are currently playing in the Big 12. We know this will end soon. And the Big 12 is usually Oklahoma and then one, maybe two other decent schools and then a bunch of garbage teams. So 
that could be working against them. So I always like Oklahoma to do well, but they they never when they get into the college football playoff, they never do well. Uh, nobody's beating Alabama or Georgia or whoever is in that mix, unless it's you know Ohio State or you know one of the other top three programs. So that's that's dull, but you know you can't you can't win them all. Well, you can, but very few teams, very few, very few teams do. I think Georgia's the only team. Well, Cincinnati, uh, but Georgia's the only major team to have a shot at the going undefeated this season. I, Cincinnati might, maybe, maybe Oklahoma's loss helps pave the way for Cincinnati, who's been whining and crying all year that they're not in the top five uh, or the top four for the playoffs. But we move on the topic of business. And breaking up is fashionable now. Um, GE announced, uh, General Electric announced that they were breaking into three separate companies, Toshiba, which I didn't even know was still existed, is breaking up into different companies. Johnson and Johnson is breaking up into two companies, one being Johnson and the other one being Johnson. Uh, and General Mills is breaking I, I up into multiple companies. I think it's uh, Johnson and uh, my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> Fair. I find this trend to be amusing only in the sense that mergers were were life in the 80s and they were life in yeah. the 90s and 2000s. That was how companies... The, the CEOs are like, look, I merged these things together. Give me mm-hmm. a big bonus. So I don't, I don't know if these new CEOs are like, hey, look, I split apart these entities that really didn't need to be together. That was so smart of me. Yeah, give me a big bonus. Sure. Give me a big bonus. Uh, Right. I think they make TVs. What else do they do? What's the other company? Do they make hockey or real estate? Uh, Didn't didn't they make uh, laptops at one point? Like computers? I don't... I honestly honestly don't... I feel like that was... uh, a part of their, uh, 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 they make, uh, they make microwaves, satellite laptops, portable air conditioners. Yeah. So that's the, maybe the, they have the consumer appliance division is its new thing. And, the, the the only one of these that I'm concerned about is General Mills because I like cereal, and I want to know who's getting custody of of Cheerios and Lucky Charms and Wheaties. You know, are, are they break, one, are they breaking it up like this way? Like, here are the cereals that people actually like to eat, like Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cocoa Puffs, Tricks. 
And here are the cereals that people are forced to eat, like Fiber One and Chex, <laughs> Fiber One, Cascadian Farm, Kicks. Uh-huh. Those are all total. Uh, those one company, those are one side, make, and the other side is like the good cereals. One one company will make cereals, and the other makes marshmallows. <laughs> and, the, so it, the it's like left quick and right quick commercial. Well, they're not allowed to have marshmallows in their cereals because that that's the exclusive domain of the, of the marshmallow makers. Sure. So Count Chocula. So no, no lucky charms with. Uh, so the, does Count Chocula have to strike a deal with the new marshmallow company? Because that's the only reason there there exists Count Chocula is the marshmallow. Yeah, I like that. You just said. You have to buy your marshmallows separately and add them together in, oh, yeah. in your home. Yeah, whatever is least convenient for the consumer. I believe that. I believe that. Sure, I like that. I, I like that idea. Um, you now have to buy right Twix separately too. So uh, there you go. Uh, G- General Mills has like a fruit division, which I had no idea. Like fruit roll-ups? Uh, uh, maybe. They, they, you know, they own Pillsbury. I'm at their website. Yeah. I, uh, we spare no expense on uh, research. For, yeah, research. Uh, they have something called Cascadian Farm, which is a fruit... Uh, Brand uh, our Cascadian Farm brand has blackberries. Listen to this. Our Cascadian brand has blackberries to sprinkle over cereal to blend in smoothies. So they they have the they have a pet division. I didn't know this, but you can apparently buy. Oh, they they have, they're behind Blue Buffalo, the expensive pet food. They have a pasta division. None of these mm-hmm. brands I've heard of. Annie's, Austin. Uh, Latina Fresh, and Wachai Ferry. They have a pizza division. Mm-hmm. Annie's and Totino's. Totino's. They've got a Totino's pizza roll. They've got a snacks division. Uh, Nature Valley. Those granola mm-hmm. bars. Uh, the rest of these things I have. Oh, fruit by the foot. You're almost right. You know, you know there was fruit roll-ups, which is another company, and this is the knockoff fruit by the foot. Um, I, I thought those were identical products. They're not. They were probably they own Progresso. This affects me personally. I eat a lot of Progresso too. Spices. Well, hopefully. When they split the company in half, and you know one company keeps Progresso, they continue with it. I hope so. They also uh, they also own YoPlay, the yogurt company. These are things that I care about, not yogurt per se. Sometimes, but, uh, you know, I I've not been in a lot of uh, relationships and. But when I watch these shows on TV where it's like 
Okay, we're getting divorced. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the dog. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how dare you? This was my dog, you know. Yeah. And then and then the meeting breaks up, and it's like, yeah, I, I didn't even want this dog, uh, but I, I knew this would uh, upset the other person. It's like uh, I'm take this. I'm gonna have it put down. Take, yeah. I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen to Progresso, is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> what? You're keeping Progresso? I love Progresso. I eat, I eat every, every day for lunch. Like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And they, they just shut down the factory. Right. Uh, that is terrible. That's, that's a horrible thought. And I'm, I'm sad that but you put it in Yeah. Entertainment. Uh, Paul, uh, I asked you if you had uh, read a comic that you liked. Yeah, I don't want to do negative reviews of things because that's what uh, that's what the world is. Well, we already have Scott Morris bringing us down. He, he's, he's provided sure. a negative review on the phrase. Sure. Um, you read a comment you like, or you, you just want yeah. to... I got a couple, and you had one, so we're good. I read uh, a book by Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin called Friday, which is kind of in that mode of Encyclopedia Brown, Nancy Drew-type stories, where Friday is the sidekick to a kid named Lancelot Jones, who's one of those, he's he's a precocious youth who solves mysteries. And in the case of these mysteries, they often involve the supernatural element, the way the yeah. Nancy Drew TV show did. Well, Friday wow. and Lancelot were friends since the sixth grade. And Friday is a young woman who, before she goes off to her freshman year at college, she finally makes a pass at Lancelot, kisses him, and it goes nowhere. Uh, He doesn't know how to respond to it. And so she leaves town and goes off to college and the the situation bothers her the whole time and meanwhile so she this the comic opens and she's coming back for christmas break or holiday break whatever it's called now and they she immediately gets caught up in another Lancelot Jones mystery with some supernatural effects in involved and you know it's it's a good comic because we don't often well like Sherlock Holmes was always told from Dr. Watson's point of view so it's kind of like that but it's not nearly as dull as Arthur Conan Doyle um Ed Brubaker is one of the great crime and mystery writers in comics and, and well, probably I, out. I didn't do any, 
What I enjoy about things I've read from him yeah. is uh, it feels realistic, but uh, you know, real life doesn't take a straight course or things work out sometimes, sometimes they don't. Sometimes the guy is uh, altruistic and sometimes he's. Uh, Greedy, you know, we're not all one thing. Yeah. Uh, and, well, it. Uh, you read his stuff, and it's like, oh, I can see, I can see this whole story happening. You know, like it feels realistic in a way. That, uh, the artist on this, the the artist on this comic, is the guy who did that barrier comic a few years back. That was the one that was told widescreen horizontally, and it, it was about alien abduction. I think we both liked that. You probably don't remember it because it was more than a five seconds ago, but uh, we both liked it. And I like this comic. So Friday by Ed Brubaker, I recommend. The other thing that I picked up was The Furthest Place From Here, which is a post-apocalyptic future. You don't quite know what's going on, but there are a bunch of teenagers in gangs and they've divided up the, the living areas outside of a city that looks bombed out and there are these mysterious witches that deliver people to these teenagers who are opposed to growing up and it it's a bit it 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 has the it was the first issue so it has the earmarks of being kind of an epic but you get to meet a lot of the characters in the first issue and there's you know a gang fight and there's uh somebody disappears and somebody gets killed and it's it's it was written nicely and drawn nicely i don't have it in front of me so i can't say who the artist and writer are but it's by image comics and image is a, a an imprint that takes more chances i think and delivers more interesting stories than like marvel of dc I read a lot of Marvel comics. I read a lot of DC comics because I like Batman and I like the Hulk or whatever. But the but image is the place you go and you're like, I don't know that I want to read a superhero story today, but I would like to read a comic book today. What have you got for me? And they usually deliver something really cool. And and, and many times they're delivering two or three somethings that are really cool. So, have you read a comic that you liked, Paul? I've, I've read one issue of a comic. Fair enough. It is an image comic. Yeah. It is also a superhero comic. Yeah. It's called Frontiersman. Oh. Uh, and the first issue. Uh, someone, he's, like, he's a superhero, but he's retired. 
He moves mm-hmm. off the grid. Someone approaches them to, you know, advocate for their cause. Yeah. And uh, all that happens in the first few is he's walking, yeah, I don't know that I want to do this. I'm kind of retired. And uh, he goes to visit one of his former colleagues, who's also a retired superhero. And it's kind of sheep all about what it was like when they were young and cared about things. And uh, after he's done talking, the guy's like, eh, he's maybe more inclined to help out this person. It's like, yeah, I guess I have gotten old and don't care about uh, issues like I used to. Uh, that's, yeah, that's as far as the first issue went. Uh, it's called the Frontiersman. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds interesting. The the art, you know, the concept of the hero, he, he kind of looks like uh, an overweight uh, Robert Redford in the style mm-hmm. of Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, so the, the cover art was interesting. That was part of the purchase. I but, might, uh, I'm, I might have to give that a spin myself. Uh, looks kind of like a look like a knight with a coonskin cap or a mask. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Lives off the lives lives off the grid. Right on. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Uh, I was jealous. Uh, speaking of entertainment, I was jealous. Last week, you went outside of the house and went to a movie in person and had uh, a good time doing so. The The name of that movie was... What was the name of that movie? Last night and so forth. And so I had a little time last week after I got out of COVID jail where I thought, you know what? Uh, there's a Marvel movie out called The Eternals. Uh, I could go to this. I've got some time this afternoon. And I looked at my at local theater clock and it was just, it happened to be, you know, a place where. The showings were a couple hours off, and I knew that if I went home, I wasn't going to want to go back out, And which I don't know if that's a middle-aged thing or just the way things are, but anyway. It took me a couple times to uh, orient myself to go to this movie. So... You're, saying it, you're saying it wasn't an automatic just go. You were... It was, uh, that, you know, I was off an hour, and then it's like the next day, you know, by the next weekend, I finally oriented myself for the time fair. I thought it was available. Gotcha. Well, uh, I it was. I decided not to go, but instead I watched a couple of Netflix movies that had gotten a lot of promotion. Uh, one of them was Red Notice, 
which is a big dumb chase around the globe for the eggs of Cleopatra, which were the legendary gifts from uh, Antony to Cleopatra, Cleopatra were these three golden eggs. And it wasn't bad. I mean, it starred The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who's a pretty good actor and always pretty amusing. And Ryan Reynolds, who's always very funny. And Gal Gadot, most famous for playing Wonder Woman, but she's sharp in her own way in this film. And it's one of these double cross, triple cross, very slick production kind of movies. But I had a good time watching it. It's not, you know, it's not the kind of movie that's going to make you a better citizen. But yeah. it was, or and it's certainly not going to, you're not going to watch this and be like, I was, I, I was understand cinema of, better. Yeah. I was trying to think of a good example of a movie. Uh, you know, when we're talking about last night and stuff, I was like, oh, it's a movie that takes a lot of chances. It's actually yeah. pretty good, but I like that it takes chances. And you, you like more of a movie that entertains you, but kind of more broke. I, I couldn't think of a good example. Uh, but you've identified it. This Red Notice, it, I think it's a movie I, I just never watched. Uh, Right, like TNT, when they're not showing um, Maybe the Ryan NBA. Does say something that would entertain me during yeah. this, but I'll never know. I'm just not going to watch it. And it's just, just at the far end of our movie uh, philosophies. Right. Well, TNT does things. Excuse me, TNT, the cable channel. Uh, it's the perfect channel for me. Like if I'm wandering around and there's no sports on, then I will watch TNT and I'll always be pretty happy with whatever big, dumb shoot 'em up movie they have that's on there that was a blockbuster. Could even be a movie that I own. I'll just watch it. And this is that kind of movie, like it's silly, but it's the kind of silly where you're not thinking about, oh, I don't have this thing done or, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know if we're going to make it. That's the uh, two minute warning, Paul. Uh, so the other movie I watched on Netflix was called The Harder They Fall, which is sort of a hip-hop western i think you might like it because it takes a little bit more chances with cinematography and story than the other movie i watched but it is uh it has an homage to the spaghetti westerns by serhey leone uh but it's definitely its own thing uh great cast um matthew perry was stalking you at LA Fitness. Could you tell me about this? I think he 
after being with friends was in one movie. Yeah. And that that, that movie was on E Entertainment Station. Oh, so he wasn't taking <laughs> the the treadmill right next to yours. He wasn't. It was, he interesting. Wasn't. It was interesting to look because it was like he he was in this um, ladies' man that never grows up thing back back when that was a new concept. Now, yeah. Now women imagine they had a whole like but that was kind of a new thing and then. And sure. it also had this thing where there was some mystical old person, and he was like, weak, and in the, in the star of the movie, we like, what? Well, yeah. And yeah. suddenly, you're back in time 20 years, and you're reliving uh, the youth so that you can redo whatever experience uh, you regret from the age. Well, uh, I regret that Matthew Perry is in movies. From Des Moines, I am Daniel Finney. And from Memphis, it's Paul. All right, everybody, as usual, uh, behave and be kind. And we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Later, buddy. Later. Well, I guess we can close the file on that one. <laughs>